Next on BYUSN, the top five BYU sports stories of 2023. What gets your number one spot in a comprehensive look back at the last year of Cougar athletics? Plus, he might be BYU football's biggest get in the offseason. What the return of linebacker Ben Bywater really means. New offensive line coach and run game coordinator TJ Woods tells us why he took the job and what he expects from his group in 2024. And Ali Khalifa finally qualifies for national stats and immediately is number one in what category by a mile? Ah, uh, yes, he is the Egyptian magician. We're back. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Why, for the first time in a week, it's Friday, December 29th. Should have made it a week and a half. <laughs> I am Spencer Linton. He is a man fresh off a successful journey to Middle Earth, Jerem Jordan. Dude, I'm losing my voice, but uh, yeah, I was just... Well, Mordor will take it out of I'm you, bro. I'm just yelling at uh, Sauron so much. You know? <laughs> we did the Lord of the rings on yesterday. We watched all... Everyone asked me, extended or not. Who doesn't watch extended? What are you talking about? It was all three extended in a whole day. So we started at 7.30 a.m., finished at like 8.30 p.m. We took one break, went to the park, went on a scooter ride. But yeah, just party. We party hard, man, with uh, Frodo and Sam and whatnot. We've been doing it almost every year since 2002 when I got back from my mission, so that was fun. But I don't know if it was as fun as what Trevin Nell and Jackson Robinson did in the Marriott Center because they were playing uh, video games on the Marriott Center Jumbotron, like 2K and stuff. NBA 2K. This looks awesome. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? Ali Khalifa in there? How he big is that TV, man? <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Uh, it's 274 inches. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, it's probably bigger than that. Right? It's massive. That, that is pretty cool. Now, Lord of the Rings in there. Not as comfortable, but the screen is amazing. Now, you need to set up a Lord of the Rings scenario in Studio C with our 27-foot screen. Not comfortable enough. <laughs> Even with those chairs? Oh, also, I got an Infinity Gauntlet Lego oh, wow. thing. So I started setting that up during... Oh, that was great. I was like... Nice. In, I was in my feelings. There. Yeah, so we haven't talked about what we received for Christmas. Yeah, what did you get? You got like, a notable Lego. I'm uh, not a Lego guy. This is my first like okay. big Lego thing. Yeah. Like collector's piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Uh-uh. 1,800 pieces. 1,800? Yeah. My 12 year Wow. Well, I got it with my 12-year-old because he's a Lego maniac. Yeah. And so it was a gift to both of us. That's cool. From so, From you. From my wife, just actually, kidding. a total surprise. So the DeLorean is now in my office. Like as a teenager, I just give my mom a basketball. Oh, crazy. <laughs> For both of us. Weird how that works. Yeah, that's wild. Well, we hope you all enjoyed a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, and absolutely. we're looking ahead to the new year in 2024. That said, all rise and shout. A loaded edition of What's Trending is on deck. The final live show of 2023 has to include the following topic. The top five BYU sports stories of 2023. What a year. Full clarity, Jerem and I both submitted our top five lists. We did not see them until we just literally got into the script a few minutes ago, so we have not seen each other's lists. Speak for yourself on when you got in the script. All right, we'll see. <laughs> well, I specifically did not look at what you had. Oh, they put them in there. In your top fives, but they put them in there, yes. 
So we'll see how close we are. And uh, at quick glance, looks like we're pretty much in lockstep outside of number five. Yeah. So, Jerem, you count down your top five BYU sports stories, and I'll give you mine, then we'll talk about them. Well, let's just do number five. That's all, all right. Uh, men's basketball getting to net number one. Number that, one. To me, that was pretty cool. Um, and so, they're still number three, by the way, as of today. Yeah, uh, which is amazing. They've been top five for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've been top five the whole time. Uh, it has come out uh, the last, what, five, six weeks. So it's been awesome that BYU basketball has played in such a way that they are number one, uh, got to number one in our top five in the sorting tool, which is a, an improved RPI, which is an antiquated metric, as I have crapped on it quite a bit on this program. It has been awesome uh, to see BYU in that. Does it mean BYU is one of the top five teams in the country? No. But what it means is they're 11th overall seed in Lenardi's bracket right now. It means you're one of the best teams in the country. And BYU's 14th in the eight people. It's been awesome to see men's basketball, as quantified by this, emergence and ascension mm. up the rankings in various things uh, highlighted by net. It's been great. The only reason men's basketball did not sneak into my top five is because the story is still largely unwritten. But it did happen in 2023. The non-conference happened I'm, in 2023. Unlike someone who tweeted at me moments ago and then I quote tweeted them, you can enjoy the journey sure. of the hike and the process before you get to the top and just look at the view. Like, if you're only judging BYU Athletics on how they finished, you may be somewhat disappointed sometimes. You have to enjoy the – to me, I you don't have to. Do whatever you want. I enjoy the, the moments as you go because you don't know if, that was, if that's the best it's going to get or not. It's been enjoy such it. a surprise that it absolutely is worthy of a nod of one of the top stories in BYU sports. And it's not just – Number one in net, although that was the most shocking, right? When that first net ranking like week two, was they were released, two, and then they were one the next week. Yeah, were, yeah. So they're at number two, and then, then they jump up to number one. Was like, oh my gosh, this team is like doing something very, very special. They couldn't be better in that category. It's, it's every metric though. They're yeah. still number four sure. in Ken Palm and number three in net. And you mentioned the number fourteen ranking nationally, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It's number twelve in the coaches poll. All of these Couldn't have told you that. Don't care about the coaches. <laughs> That's funny, though. It's just, it's just wild what BYU yeah. men's basketball is doing. So What's your five? Certainly uh, in the conversation. Number five for me, and the, I gave it to them because they brought home, and it's still the only, Big 12 title. But yeah. BYU women's cross country, they earned the right to be the first team to hoist a Big 12 championship trophy. And to me, that carries some weight because this is the first go-around for BYU Athletics in a Power 5 conference. Women's cross country getting that first trophy and being the team that can say, ha, we were the first to be the best of the Big 12 in any sport. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge deal. They brought it in studio. Heavy trophy, by the way. Yeah. It should be. This is a power trophy. And Diljeet Taylor has done so many remarkable things, national championships. She's coached multiple individual national champions, and now she is a Power 5 conference champion winner as a coach. She's producing it's unbelievable. world-class yeah. so, athletes. So that is right there at BOE Men's Basketball. Just, just fascinating stuff. Love it. Really, really cool what they accomplished in 2023. Okay, our number one, two, three, four are the exact, exact same. same. Yeah. Without looking. Okay, so number four, Kenneth Rooks. Kenneth Rooks wins not only the national championship in the steeplechase, then he goes to the USA championships, and he falls down. Yeah, it's how he did it. And comes back to win the USA championship, and then he goes to Worlds. Like, are you kidding me? Unbelievable. He falls down over one. He's chasing the steeple, as they say, and then he falls down, and then he gets back up and wins it. 
Are you freaking kidding me? It would me? be one thing to do what? it like at the NCAAs, right? Let's say he he fell down and, and came back and won the NCAA championship. No, this is to win the United States most important race in the steeplechase. And this dude's in like your American heritage class. If you're a BYU student, like what? It's how he that did it. That was amazing. He literally, with that race, became an object lesson for the rest of forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never give up. Let's go. Yeah. Like the Kenneth Rook story, yeah. and everybody was talking about Plus, it. Plus, his name is Kenneth. It's just, it just adds to it. I love it. There's it, a, like a formality there. It was so fun to see all these. Was that the Butler on 30 Rock? Yes. Was that Kenneth? Yes. Yeah. So many notable, prominent national figures talking about all of this. Yeah. You know, see him make an appearance on, you know, the Colin Coward Show and PTI and, you know, RG3. And all these dudes are, like, tweeting about Kenneth Rooks, of all people. That's awesome. Really, really fun. Well, well done. Okay, at number three. And it would be a 3-0 deficit by BYU against North Carolina that they wow. overcome wow. in the Elite Eight to get to the College Cup. This could have been higher. I mean, this at three, Man. this is, I mean, this could have been number one or two. This was amazing. Obviously, being there, it was incredible to watch um, the resolve of not only the players, but the crowd. The crowd was really in it. Once BYU got that first goal, it's like, okay, okay, they, they've got a shot. There was a significant shift in energy. Oh, my gosh. And UNC played it poorly. They played back. They should have played forward again a little bit more because they let BYU be BYU, and then BYU did what it does, which is score goals on its home field. And it was unbelievable. I still can't believe it happened. And it's one of the greatest comebacks ever. It's up there with the Miracle Bowl. Like, it's so good. It's so good. Second ever wow. College Cup for BYU Women's Soccer and Jen Rockwood. And it happens thanks to that unbelievable win Amazing. against, yeah, the most storied program it, in NCAA women's soccer history. And as you'll see in one and two, this is the best game. This is the best sporting moment. Of the year. The other two don't have to do with those two things. Which brings us to number two. Puka Nakua. Uh, unbelievable. And sort of the Zach Wilson sort of just like, and, and frankly, Jaron Hall a little bit, of like guys in the NFL doing stuff. Now, unfortunately, Zach, it, di it didn't work out. But it, he was a story constantly. Puka Nakua has been the story from BYU. He's been a story every week of his now, what, 15-week-old NFL 16? career, 16 yeah. weeks. Yeah. He's going to break multiple records this season. Like, We're not talking like BYU guys in the NFL. He's already broken that. We're talking rookie receiving yes. records of anybody in NFL history. He's more than likely going to have more catches and more yards than any rookie receiver in the history of the game. He's That's passing. Amazing. He's passing ridiculously talented people like Randy Moss and Justin Jefferson like and Jamar what? Chase. What? Like he's passing those guys up in these lists. Our guy from Orem, BYU. I know. Let's go. If C.J. Stroud cannot play well for the remainder of the season, he's been injured. Like He was so good. Puka's going to be the NFL yes. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yes. I think right now, because Stroud, unfortunately for his sake, has been injured, like what Puka's done over the past couple of weeks and what he did in his latest primetime uh, spotlight, he's now he's now like the leader in the clubhouse. It's, Puka, it's wild. We thought that Puka had a chance to be good in the NFL, but this is like otherworldly, man. It's been so fun. And uh, hopefully Zach can get out of New York, and then Jaron's going to start again. Hopefully he stays healthy in this game because Jaron was playing well when he was healthy, but he's going to get a second start in the NFL this weekend with the Vikings. So it's cool to have... 
All of those Relevant guys. guys from the past couple of seasons from BYU do stuff in the NFL. It's Obviously, the, Zach needs a different opportunity here. It's the superlative guys from BYU. It's it just uncanny how that has worked out for these guys from BYU. I mean, they, they have the best linebacker in the game in Fred Warner. You've got arguably the best offensive rookie in the game in Puka Nakua. You've got the most talked-about player in the game, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. You've you got, got the most unique player in the game in Taysom Hill. you probably got the most beloved character in Jamal Williams. And you've got a white safety in Davis. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it's, it's fun to watch what BYU guys are doing. And uh, shout-out to Puka, man. Shout-out to Micaiah. Yeah, that's his first name. Incredible it's stuff. It's fun. We're, everyone's learning all the stuff we already knew about that. That's like, <laughs> this guy's amazing. <laughs> now you know, everybody. Yep. And at number one, it, this has got to be it. Because it just it's changed the it. entire yeah. trajectory of BYU athletics. This On July 1st, Christmas came six months early. It really did. And BYU officially becoming a member of the Big 12 on July 1st is the number one sports story. It's changed everything. We waited decades for this. I mean, we're not that old, but, like, we've waited a long time for this. And uh, it was really fun. And, and July 1st, we were in the middle of that, right? We were on the stage with the Lama. It was super fun. Thousands of BYU fans at uh, the student-athlete uh, outdoor field there, the practice, fireworks, the celebration, the hoopla. It was awesome, man. And uh, it's been a great first year, obviously, in football, was hoping for a little more, but uh, you know, to be in the league uh, has been unbelievable. Everyone was great at football media days, men's basketball media days. All our interactions have been super positive. So uh, this is just the beginning, and uh, hopefully, hopefully the uh, you know football doesn't break away from from the NCAA, and then this gets blown up in a couple of years. But so far, so good in the Big Twelve. The culmination of that becoming official was super exciting because. You find out on September 10th that the official invitation has been extended, but 21. you got to wait almost two full years before you become an actual member we of compete. the Big 12 Conference. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, when the clock struck midnight, going from June 30th to July 1st, and it was now ratified, if you will. That was, that was ratified. Thank you. Right? It's July, right? Was there a notary there? <laughs> it's it's July. We're celebrating freedom, and there's yeah. fireworks. So you got to use we're like ratifying. in Utah. It almost doesn't matter what day in July it is, right? With Pioneer Day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that I think it does legally. That Maybe was a, a special moment um, for everybody across cool, Cougar man. Nation to, to have that become official. And so fun to watch the different BYU teams now compete in the Big Twelve. We're looking forward to BYU men's and women's basketball tipping things off in the yeah. next week. Women's basketball tomorrow, for that matter. And then next year, it's a new version of the Big 12 again, with Texas and Oklahoma gone and the four corners in, and uh, the rivalry with BYU and Utah taking a new meaning. <laughs> Let's go. Our question of the day. You've heard our top five BYU sports moments of 2023. What did we miss? You can now chime in. You answer, what's your top BYU moment or story from the 2023 athletics calendar at BYU Cougar Talon J answers three words Olivia Wade Katoa the comeback against North Carolina is a BYU sports moment we will never forget really special uh I, I told her after the game I go do you realize you just scored like the biggest goal in BYU history ever she goes oh I did the moment I started crying that's why her <laughs> hands went to her face like Sister Katoa for the win, man. That's crazy. That's what I call any return missionary. BYU. Sister Hernandez, Sister Katoa. Well, well there done. are a few multiple high-level players lot. on the BYU women's soccer team. A lot team. of sisters. Let's go. Okay, topic two. Ben Bywater announces he's returning. That's big news. What does this mean for the Cougar defense, man? This is the biggest get for BYU the entire offseason. Like I, 
Connor Pay coming back, huge. Braden Kime coming back for more, huge. Miles Davis back out of the transfer portal, awesome. Ben Bywater making the decision to play one more at BYU is just manna from football heaven for mm, BYU and for manna. Jay Hill's defense. Because one of my biggest concerns is, what in the heck is BYU going to do at linebacker? Yep, with Tulian Bunkbachal out and Bywater. And Bywater? Oh, my gosh. Like, like not, saying that, not saying that – you know, Harrison Taggart and the new guys in Ace Kafusi and Isaiah Glasker, like there will be some guys there. But sure. to have a veteran, he automatically steps in and is like your vocal and example leader. Like he is the guy now on BYU's defense. And so to get a dude that feels like he's going to play in the NFL back for one more year, okay, you have an NFL caliber linebacker leading the charge on defense as the captain of your defense. It's huge. So we all want to talk about transfer portal and everything that BYU is going to get and signing day. Ben Bywater coming back to me is BYU's biggest get in the offseason. He was all but gone. He's the, done. He was done. And he, then, to, he told me. He's like, I'm 100% out. He said that to me. And then the fact that he comes back, Spence, huge news. I don't think that BYU could have got a player of his caliber out of the portal. So I think that recruiting him back, is huge, like you mentioned. I am so excited that he's back. Uh, he's going to have a huge difference on this team. He's going to have hopefully a monster senior season. Hopefully he stays healthy. Hopefully he can get drafted or undrafted free agent kind of thing. He's going to get a look, absolutely. Um, you know, he, Early in the season, he was getting some NFL buzz. So let's see what he can do next year in the Big 12, get some more film on there, um, and then uh, get a shot because he immediately is the leader of that defense. Tyler Batty. And Ben Bywater yeah, coming Tyler back. Batty's another one. And then Michael Harper coming off an ACL. Like you have some Jacob re- Robinson is some back. real talent in the defense and experience. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Jay Hill has some notable veteran pieces to work with. It's it's awesome, man. Feeling a lot better about that. Okay, the final non-conference game of the men's basketball season is tomorrow afternoon. BYU taking on Wyoming Cougars, ranked 14th. Pre-game on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 5 Eastern. Guest analyst Jonathan Tavernari will join us on BYUSN Countdown. Up next, BYU women's basketball tipping off Big 12 play tomorrow in Fort Worth against nationally ranked TCU. Head coach Amber Whiting joins us next to give us a preview of the Cougars' first ever Big 12 game. This is BYU Sports Nation. Three and makes the three. Guess who's right there for the rebound and the putback. And another made three by Lauren Davenport to Smiler. A three is good! We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Happy early New Year as we push into 2024 and basketball gets going technically before the New Year in the Big 12 if you're on the women's side. That said, we welcome in the head coach of BYU women's basketball, Amber Whiting, to tip off Big 12 play on the basketball side. Coach, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How are you feeling about being the first BYU basketball team to enter into official Big 12 play? We are excited. I am excited. The girls have been working really, really hard, and it's going to be fun to just step out there and show what they can do. How would you sum up non-conference play so far and what you've kind of learned and excelled at and and figured out that you need to do a little bit better going into a tough league? Um, The team's changed and evolved, and I've seen a lot of growth especially in our younger players. And just coming together chemistry-wise, I've learned how to sub as far as rotation goes. Um, glaring things, turnovers, we got to get better at. And so we've worked on those really a lot lately. Um, so, yeah, just going into conference play, we're just – I'm excited. 
you could not have guessed at what would happen in a given season, let alone Ari with the ACL and Nani leaves the team and what you've gone through so far. How has this helped your team sort of weather these storms? And you're probably in the middle of some of these still. Um, just watching them come together, it's been really, I mean, when Nani left, that was tough. That was hard. And Ari goes down, I mean, and then we had a couple that didn't, that had signed and then didn't come back, right? And so it just, like, what my team looked like last June compared to now is completely different. Um, but just seeing them come together and the uh, love that they have for each other, and they just want to win. And so they just, that's their commonality, and they're just uh, really hard workers and just the toughness that they have. And so they just step into whatever role that they're asked, and that's what I really love about what they're doing. By necessity, you are starting two true freshmen on your guard line. And yes. you take it for what it is. Uh -huh. It's been, as in your words, it's been a surprise, but at times it's been maddening and frustrating. So you talked about growth. Where have you seen specifically Kaylee Wilson and Amari Whiting grow the most as they have taken on this bigger role? Um, well, Amari started out limited minutes, right? And so as she's gotten uh, more minutes, I feel like her decision-making has gotten a lot better. Um, and she's been able to defend more how I wanted her to defend. Um, and then Wilson obviously was a surprise for everyone across the board. I don't think people realized or gave her credit for what she brought as far as shooting goes. And um, she's obviously had to step into more of a ball handling role with Nani out at first and then gone. And so just those two, I, I feel like we have a lot of, we put a lot of pressure on them, um, but I, they're handling it. And they're, I feel like they're just built for it and they rely on each other to help each other. Like, you know, there's tough times out there. There's turnovers that happen there, you know, and you just, there's some moments where I just have to close my eyes and be like, okay, they're freshmen. Like just <laughs> <laughs> don't blow them up right now. But then, you know, so I just, we, we, but they're getting better. There's less and less of those moments. Uh, but going into the Big 12, they're going to be challenged yet again. And so that's, I'm just, they're ready for it. And they're, they're ready to take that on, I feel like. Being thrown into the fire for sure. Uh, uh, for shooters, the 180 scale is like a thing, right? A 50, 40, 90. Um, Kaylee is a 184 right now. She is just shooting the lights out. But the most consistent part of your team, of course, is Lauren Gustin. Mm -hmm. Still at 15 and a half rebounds and leading the team at almost 17 a game. How has she evolved as a player in, in her final season? Um, well, you can see her passing has gotten incredible. Um, we worked on, I mean, she's going to get double team, triple team, which she always has, right? Um, but passing out of that and her assist has gotten, I mean, she's very, very good at that right now. Um, but her leadership, too. I feel like her leadership on and off the court, it's evolved, and I've seen a huge step in that. And from even last year to this year, and she's taken those younger girls under her wing and been like, okay, you know, this is how we do things, and this is what, what makes it or breaks it. And so she's just been really good that way. Amber Whiting is with us on BYU Sports Nation, the head coach of BYU women's basketball. 13 games in non-conference in the books, 10-3. and three. Solid start. What's the biggest question mark that remains for you after 13 games before you venture into the Big 12? Ooh, um, I'm excited, and I want to see other people step up. Like I told my women yesterday, it's not good enough to have two or three playing at their best. I need 13 girls playing at their best. And the bench is obviously brings a huge lift for us. And with Davenport and Rose and Aaliyah and whoever comes off the bench in that nature, I need that lift from them. So I can't have people just come in and just, you know, be okay. I want everybody playing at their best. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. That's what will be required in this league to make the NCAA tournament, which is certainly the goal for this group. Let's go back to what Kaylee Smiler did a couple games ago. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Like, was huge. The, like the grit and the huge. guts of uh, someone who has is a tough person 
and uh, she she has eight staples in her head, no numbing. Like what? <laughs> like that was crazy. What was that like mid game to kind of hear like how is she? What is she doing? Oh, she's available. Oh, she's gonna have a career high. Oh, she's gonna have the game ceiling free throws late, like mm -hmm. in front of her family all together. That was pretty cool. Um, in the moment, you don't really. I don't. Me, I can't look at. I don't look at stats. I don't. I can't. You know what I mean? I don't find them. I don't know. So until it wasn't until after the game I realized it was her career high. And to be to do that in front of her family was really, really special. Um, but also, when she went down, I didn't know she got staples. Like, I just thought they took her back, checked her out, and came back, right? And then our trainer came and said she's available. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, and so then it was after the game I found out she got staples, too. And I'm like, wow. Like, if you don't know her, that is incredible. But then you know her. And she just embodies everything that my team is, that grit, that toughness, that comeback. And so she's, she's a leader and she leads by example. And if that was like a pure example of what she does for us. I think the best compliment that you could pay her, you said to me offline, and that was, I never have to worry about her mm -hmm. in, any, in any way, shape or form around the team. Like there's never a question about her mind and heart being in the right place. Yeah, she's always gonna give me 110%. And she's always like up to the challenge to lock down shooters, to lock down whoever she's, you know, gonna go guard. And she just, and she holds our team, our girls to that standard. And I really, really, really love that about her. Give us a sense of uh, kind of what you've seen from the Big 12 looking, uh, you know, from afar. And then uh, we'll dive into TCU in a sec. Um, well, five. Anytime, any, any given time, five or six are ranked in the top 25, right? So we're going to go into this league, and every night out is a challenge, and that's what I'm excited about. Like, it's exciting, it's exciting to take on that challenge and to step in every game knowing that you got to give your best and you're getting to take on the best. Um, so that's what I'm excited about as far as the games go. Every team is a little bit different in how they play, their style. You know, do they press the whole time? Do they not? Like... But every team has that one, two, three punch as far as players go. And so it's really, it's going to be a challenge for us, but I'm excited for it. You feel good about your own one, two, three punch? Yes, I do. <laughs> and four, five, and six. Like, yeah. I really, like, yep. they're playing well together. And they, we've worked on um, the good, better, best shots, right? And so mm. we've showed them, like, as far as turnovers go, it's, when you make the game of basketball easy, it's and it's fun to watch, and so and you get better shots, and so we're just work, really working on that lately. I never thought Elder Oaks talk would be about basketball shots. <laughs> good, better, best. That's yes. that's nice. Yes. That's a good application go. there. At Big 12 <clears throat> Media Days, we discussed the always interesting expectations. You're picked to finish 11th, and you said that's going to motivate you. But what, what is a, a fair expectation for your team in a, in a conference that is on a regular basis going to have five or six teams ranked in the top 25? How do you, how do you navigate that? Um, I always want the girls focused on the game before us. I don't want them focused on the end, the outcomes. Like I don't want them even looking at our last game of the season. I want them looking at tomorrow. And so I feel like when we do that, we have better outcomes as far as the end result goes. And then you can't look at like, oh, this game we lost, it was a failure. Like this season was, you know what I mean? So I want them to look at, look at it that way. And being a, ranked 11, like, good. Like, I want to go surprise people, you know? Like, I, I feel like that for us is very motivating in and of itself. And so that's where I want their headspace at. Do you feel like you have at 10 and 3 so far? Um, I feel like we should be, if I'm being realistic, um, 12 and one, mm. like I really, I really feel like that. Right. So, but we had a lot of challenges that I didn't foresee coming in this. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm happy with where we're at. I'm not satisfied though. 
So, I mean, just to clarify, you, you feel like you should have won the game at Wyoming uh -huh. and the game against Missouri State. Yep. Utah is what, they are what they are. Yes, right? yes. And that's, I mean, they are top 10 team, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so 12 and one. How do you deal with the frustrations of that and maybe use it as something that can benefit your team when it is very frustrating to lose games you feel like you should win? Um, when you get on winning streaks like that, sometimes you get complacent. And I feel like at Wyoming, that's kind of where we got. Um, and I feel like we ha can learn from every single loss. And I try to tell my girls, like, can't let the highs get too high, the lows get too low. So then they can just, like, stay even kill, right? And I try and replicate that or emulate that in games, right? Like, I can't get, like, crazy wild. And so if they look, at, don't get complacent and learn from the loss, then the loss was actually okay for us, right? Um, and then we got back going. But in Missouri State, I feel like we came out flat as well. And we didn't rely on our defense. We didn't play together as like we should. And then we got to play the next night, and it was a completely different team as far as that goes. They, when they get back to basics after a loss, it's really, really rewarding to see that as a coach because they know what's important. And so it's, but it's okay. It's never good to turn one into two, like so. And it very easily could have yes. been less than 24 hours later, but yes. uh, you know, in the and we lost Smiler to a concussion protocol that game, yeah. so we were even down one more player, and so. Like, if you, I mean, think about that, right? So, and the girls were, it was hard, but they grinded it out. Okay, TCU, first Big 12 game. Uh, what's the scout on the Horn Frogs? Uh, they were very balanced. They have a really good presence inside and a really, really good shooter. Both were averaging over 20 a game. And so we really have to shut them down and defensively lock in. And their point guard is like the motor, and she just goes, goes, goes. And I, there's been games she's played 40 minutes. So we have a challenge in front of us. But I feel like defensively, they haven't really faced a team like us. Mm. Um, so I really am excited to see what we can go do. What is it that you do that you feel like is different than teams that they have faced? Um, we have principles. We have discipline. Like as far as watching their game film, right, to teams that they have faced. Um, and as long as we stick to those and actually – Execute, we're going to be okay. <laughs> That's always okay. the goal. It's always good to execute the game plan. I know, yeah. for sure. Exactly. Amber, it's uh, great to talk with you. We're super excited about you, you opening up Big 12 play, give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to take to Fort Worth. Thank you. Good luck against the Horned Frogs as you seek for win number 11 overall and number one in Big 12 play. Let's go. Yes. Thanks, Coach. Perfect. Okay, Women's Hoops, as we mentioned, taking on TCU tomorrow. You can listen to it on BYU Radio at 5 Eastern time. Hey, Nice picture of your daughter there, right? You like that photo? <laughs> a good one? <laughs> Running the offense. <laughs> Up next, will it be a record-breaking weekend for Puka Nakua? Hey, it's Yoni. A couple of uh, records are within his grasp in the next game. We'll discuss that more, and or that next and more in the Cougar Up Round. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Okay, sweetie. Follow BYU Sports Nation as I lose my voice during the show on social media and content throughout today. Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I'm in Twitter. Welcome back to Studio B. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. Let's roll out today's headlines. Ben Bywater gave BYU an early Christmas present, announcing he's returning for next season. Bywater has played in 36 games, 247 tackles total, 15 and a half TFLs. Awesome to have Ben back next year. It's a Christmas miracle! 
Lots of cougs in the NFL <laughs> news. <laughs> Jaron Hall gets to start this weekend for the Vikings as he and Kairos Tonga take on Zane Anderson and the Packers. Puka Nakua and the LA Rams, he's on the record hunt against the New York Giants. Sione Takitaki led the Browns last night with 16 tackles in a 37-20 victory over the Zach Wilson-less New York Jets last night. Kyle Van Noy and the Ravens host Chris Brooks and the Dolphins for a battle for first place in the AFC. Fred Warner and the Niners travel to the nation's capital to face the Commanders. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Daniel Sorensen and the Saints travel to Tampa to face the Bucks. Michael Davis and the Chadges travel to the Broncos. I forgot to mention Daxton Mill with the Commanders. There you go. Keaton Slovis has accepted an invitation to play in the East-West Shrine Bowl. Good for him. On February 1st in Frisco, Texas. So happy for Keaton that he yeah. has an opportunity to play one more time and put his film out there for NFL scouts. Men's Hoops hosts Wyoming tomorrow, final non-conference game of the season, pregame 5 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Cougars are 14th in the AP poll, third in the net, fourth in the Ken Palm, and a three seed, 11th <laughs> overall, third three seed, in Joe Lenardi's latest bracketology. Enjoy the journey, baby. BYU women's basketball opens Big 12 Conference play tomorrow against 23rd ranked TCU. The Horned Frogs are unbeaten. Game can be listened to live at 5 Eastern, 3 Mountain, on the BYU Radio app and will be available streaming Big 12 now on ESPN Plus if you'd like to watch. Men's Volleyball is playing a blue and white game tomorrow, seven local time after the basketball game. And Whitney Bauer and Aaron Livingston from Women's Volleyball received All-American All Honorable Mention Honors from Volleyball Magazine. Well they did done. did from ABCA and now Volleyball Magazine. I think that Aaron Livingston could have very well been a third teamer. Unfortunately, she wasn't. Outstanding job by the women. Those are today's headlines. Now we whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Opinions forthcoming. Yo, Fred Warner and Kyle Van Hoy took a photo after that great Monday night game. I say great because the Niners lost. Um, greatest linebacker photo in BYU history right here. Yeah, unless you've got like a Kurt Gavea, Leon White photo somewhere <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah, probably exists, right? But that that's, has to be number one. It's pretty good. Um, what what a career for both these two. KBN, two Super Bowls, you know, three Super Bowls that he won twice with the Patriots, and then Fred Warner is I mean, Fred's pacing to be BYU's second Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's he's gonna like, have he's having a Hall of Fame career right yes. now. Yes. Ama amazing. Like but BYU has one dude in there, it's Steve Young. You know who's in uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame already for what he's done this year? Puka Nakua. <laughs> Yes, he has some gloves or something, right? It's crazy. Yeah, that was funny. So with that said, will Puka Nakua break one or both of the rookie receiving records this weekend, meaning total yards and receptions? He'd need nine catches for 147. Giant, the Giants are like 20th in pass defense, so there's a chance he gets 147. He might. I mean, he's put up those numbers before. I'll give him two games to get both of those, yeah. but I'm confident he'll get both of those the next two. It's probably going to take to the early part of the second game to, to get those records. But wouldn't it be something if he did it against the Giants? It would be wild. On one game. And by the way, Matthew Stafford had Calvin Johnson made him a beast, right? Cooper Cup, now Puka Nakua. Like, Matthew Stafford's done a nice job in this process. He's won a Super Bowl now, so he too is having a Hall of Fame career, you would think. He's got some work to He's, do. Oh, that's an interesting discussion. He's got some work Not to do. Not for this program, though. Yeah, and no time for it right now. Yeah, sorry, no Matthew Stafford <laughs> Hall of Famous coaches. Yeah, sorry. Up next, meet the new BYU football offensive line coach and run game coordinator, TJ Woods, making his show debut on BYUSN. Stay with us. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk. 
your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station. We are live in Studio B. Happy early New Year, everyone. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Joining us now and making his show debut is BYU football's new offensive line coach and run game coordinator. His name is TJ Woods. TJ, welcome officially to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Can't tell you how excited I am. I know BYU football fans are stoked for sure to see what you can do to help this offensive line get going. That's important and all, but we need we need to reference the fact that San Dimas High School football still rules, right? There's no question. <laughs> all day, every day. Absolutely. Did you guys, you went there. Did you say that, like, growing up? You know, was that a thing? Uh, yeah, kind of, uh, mostly other people would, would joke with us, you know, uh, about it. But it's still something that, uh, obviously, we're, we're proud alums there at San Dimas, so That's we'll awesome. take it. And, and we've talked about whoever BYU brings in, they need to look the part. I think you look the part, but I do need to ask you, because we've got varying photos of you. One, you're like smiling, you're looking happy. The other, you look very serious. What, what are the two moods in these two photos right here? Well, I think that's, that's you know, TJ Woods and Coach Woods. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I love that. Well, I'm guessing the smiling picture, you can correlate that with the work that you and the staff have done to get guys like Connor Pay and Braden Kime to come back. Huge, huge gets. I, I feel like Connor Pay is probably the most undervalued member of the entire BYU football team. How, what was that like taking the job and then trying to get those key parts to come back for your offensive line? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the first part in the landscape of college football right now is, is retention. And, you know, those, those guys are good players. And, and you know, I, I, I just kind of, made sure I told them how excited I was to, to get an opportunity to help them develop a little bit more and, and maybe improve slightly in, in some of the facets of their game. And uh, I think they were pretty receptive to that. But, I mean, listen, they're good players. And, you know, I've been doing this long enough to know good, good players make good coaches. And so uh, to have those guys back, I think, is a huge, huge bonus for us and a, and a great place to start. Um, to, to rebuild and, and to build this thing up for, for 2024. Certainly there's familiarity with members of BYU's coaching staff, given you were with Gary Anderson at a couple of stops, 2015 notably with Kalani Sitake at Oregon State. Uh, how influential was kind of that season and getting to know Kalani uh, for this job at BYU? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in the coaching world in the state of Utah. And so, you know, guys like Kalani, um, guys like A-Rod, Jay Hill, all three of those guys um, were guys that I looked up to as a, as a young coach. And, um, you know, so, so I, I kind of knew them uh, before. And then obviously I knew what recruiter, what type of recruiters they were. I knew what, what, uh, what type of coaches they were. And then when I had the chance to, to coach with Kalani uh, for that one year, I, I really learned that the, the type of man he is, the type of person he is. And that's, um, you know, really what, what, I mean, he's magnetic, right. And, and in my opinion, that's, I've been doing this long enough now to know there's there's people in this world that are floats and there's people that are anchors and to me you want to you want to surround yourself with people that build you up and and he's definitely one of those guys. The new offensive line coach and run game coordinator for BYU football TJ Woods is on BYUSN. I'd like to give people an idea of just how quickly things these things happen with with coaching changes. So BYU loses their final regular season game. Their previous offensive line coach Daryl Funk uh, is is 
let go. So when did this become like a reality for you? How quickly after the end of the regular season were you in conversations with BYU? Uh, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was overnight, but, uh, you know, it, it, it took through a, a couple days uh, through the process. Um, you know, it was a little bit touch and go there because I was still here at Georgia Southern and, and wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, we finished things the right way here. Um, but things move fast too, right? There's, uh, there's only a certain amount of these jobs out there and there's a lot of good coaches. And, and so when opportunity strikes, uh, you know, you got to, you got to jump and go. And, and especially for me, this one was a no brainer for me with, uh, you know, my familiarity with the staff, um, but also the, the tradition and history here at BYU. I mean, it's something that I've always, uh, even growing up, uh, you know, BYU is a national brand and, and, uh, you know, it was a, it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. BYU hasn't had a run game coordinator for a minute. Uh, you did this, uh, several times, notably at UNLV with Aiden Robbins, who BYU enjoyed this last year. What's that process like of what you'll do as run game coordinator in conjunction with Aaron, uh, Aaron Roderick as offensive coordinator? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, it's A-Rod's offense, right? And so, um, that, that, that will not be, um, I think changed at all or, or, uh, I mean, you know, we're going to do what we do, but I, I do think that, uh, the, the bottom line for the run game is finding something that you can hang your hat on something that you're good at. Um, you know, I think the, the, the couple of years prior, uh, BYU was, was very good. In fact, uh, you know, a product of a lot of my studies in the off season and things like that, running wide zone and running mid zone and, those type of things, but really having a bread and butter and, um, you know, kind of, in my opinion, having something that, that it's not what they do, it's what we do and how we do it and, and being really good at that. And in my experience, that's when, when you're the best. So, you know, I think that's where I can kind of try to come and add some, some value to the staff, uh, in the run game. And, and, you know, obviously BYU runs the ball, man. That's, that's what, uh, <laughs> You know, we we'll be able to throw it off the off the run action and all that type of stuff. But if you can't run the ball, it's uh, sometimes hard to manufacture points. T.J. Woods is on BYU Sports Nation, new offensive line coach and run game coordinator for the Cougars. You have a list of things I'm sure that you've already compiled. Like, okay, I want to accomplish all these things before we get going. What's at the top of that list? What's number one on your agenda item list for this offensive line? Uh, I mean, I think just getting to know the guys, getting in the uh, in the trenches with them, um, you know, really starting to build chemistry and trust, right? And I think that, you know, trust is a two-way street. Um, you know, it, it starts with me. That those guys are going to have to trust me, uh, and I'm going to have to trust them. And and the only way to do that is to to kind of get under the hood and and get going. Um, and I think you know, building that chemistry. And the accountability and those type of things that takes time, right? We're 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 uh, we're not dealing in seconds. We're dealing in seasons when it comes to that stuff. And, and trust is earned. It's not given. And you know, for me, that's that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, the offensive line is the most important unit on the football team, right? And and I say unit because you have to play together and you have to be close. You have to trust each other. You have to trust the guy next to you. You have to know when he's going to be there and when he's not. Um, and in order to do that, that takes time, that takes repetition. So for me, that's really the, the number one thing is just getting in there and, and getting going, getting to work. The transfer portal is still open for a couple more days. Uh, how aggressive does the offensive line uh, need to be in terms of bringing in a, a couple of guys, if that at all? Well, I mean, I think, you know, you're always looking to improve your roster. And, 
Um, that's something that, that we'll continue to um, look into. But uh, at the same time, I think the, the most important thing is bringing the right people in. Um, and when I say, you know, it, it's people first, uh, in my opinion. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're bringing the right folks in and uh, that are going to fit. Right. And for me, just speaking freely, some of that's a little bit tough right now being, uh, you know, not being around the guys, getting a feel for them and, um, you know, understanding what fits. Um, and then, you know, trying to see what their skill sets are. Right. I've, I've spent a lot of time this break watching film and uh, trying to dive into some of these guys strengths and, and some of their, uh, you know, areas of growth. Um, but I, I do think that's kind of the, the main thing is just kind of getting going and, and getting in there and seeing, and then if we need to go to the transfer portal, we can, and if we don't, we might not need to, we'll, we'll kind of see where that, all that plays out as, as time goes on. Coach, let's say it's a game day and you're on the sidelines. How would you explain your personality and coaching style in the heat of battle? Uh, yeah, I, I would say, um, I'm, I'm emotional at times. I think, you know, as, as I've, uh, as I've grown up in this profession, I think I'm a little bit better, uh, in those settings. I think <laughs> poise, poise is uh, of the utmost importance, um, in those settings. But, you know, I think as emotions go up, intelligence goes down sometimes. So especially as an offensive line coach, but I, you know, I've got some fire in my belly. I'll, I'm a fierce competitor. I think that's, you know, that's one thing that I, that I know growing up playing, uh, coaching against BYU all those years. I mean, there's, there's some, uh, some fierce competitors, you know, I was, uh, I was staying at the Provo Marriott a couple of weeks ago and I, I think I got the best night of sleep I've ever had in that thing, knowing that I don't have to go block, uh, you know, Ziggy Onsen or Kyle Van Oy or, or Dave Nixon or, you know, all these guys that, uh, so anyway, that, that part, uh, has been good. Good pull, except for David Nixon. No, I'm, I'm, just, kidding. I'm just kidding. We love David. He's great. Um, I noticed Iowa State was on your resume, obviously, as a player. You played in the Big 12. Now BYU's in the Big 12. Certainly the Cougars are hoping to uh, do even better next year. What was your experience like in that league? And certainly it's evolved quite a bit into what will become a 16-team league next year without Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Big 12 is no joke. And... Um, you know, I, in my opinion, it's a blend of uh, the Big Ten the, the, uh, and, and the Pac-12, the old Pac-12, I guess now. But um, it, it's a blend. You know, you have the skill uh, on some of these teams that, that maybe the, the Pac-12 would have, but you also have the physicality um, that, you know, you get from the Big Ten or, or, you know, some of those Midwest teams. And the the other thing I'd say about the conference, man, there's no weeks off. Uh, you know, there's no kind of uh, relaxing opponents, right? Every week you have to bring your A game. And um, I think that's something that, that you know, we're, we're, we got to get up for the challenge on that week in and week out. Coach, we'll finish with this. What's your timetable for arriving at BYU and then making what I'm sure is going to be a super easy move for you and your family from Georgia to Provo, Utah? Yeah, well, I, I, I'll tell you, but the timeline real quick, I'm, I'll, I'll be there right after the first of the year. So we're going to watch the ball drop at home here and then get on a, get on a plane and, and get to work as soon as we can. But, uh, the, the, the move process, man, my wife, Kelly, she's a, she's a rock star. So she's actually cleaning up the house right now, getting re getting ready to, to show and all that and, and, and get moving, man. So we're, uh, we can't tell everybody how excited we are to, to get going.
Outstanding. That mustache is honor code approved, so you can keep that. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. I love that. Yeah, I was. Uh, I think the no beard is gonna. It's gonna make me work on this double chin a little bit right here. I got. <laughs> I got some work there, and you know, it's hard. It's hard because I've got God's haircut here. So you know, this is really all. I, it's all freedom Let's I got. You know. Go. Uh, DJ, pleasure to talk to you. Uh, we too, super excited to have you on campus here in Provo. And uh, when you get back or get to Provo, rather, we'll make sure we save you a seat in Studio B and bring you in. That'd be great, man. Anytime. Love to do it. All right. Safe travels on the move. And uh, shout out to your wife, Kelly, for all that she's doing. Yes, sir. No doubt. DJ. My best recruit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Nice. Well said. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. T.J. Woods on BYU Sports Nation. Fantastic. He's the accountability coach that I wanted, Jeremy. There's no mellow, chill O-line coaches, right? Like He's the accountability like, coach that I wanted and that BYU needed. Accountable, tough, strong. Let's go. 14th ranked men's basketball taking on Wyoming. W-Y-O. W-Y-O. No, <laughs> Five Eastern, BYU Radio tomorrow. You can listen to it. Let's go. Can't wait to play them in football in Laramie. Why are we playing that game? At least we got TJ leading the troops. Why are we playing that game? Uh, Up next, the BYU Cougar is ranked number one in the country. And it's not close. By a mile. Rise and shout out to that guy and what that's all about next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, this show is on demand. Uh, you can download the free BYU TV, BYU radio app, or listen to the pod, subscribe, rate, review. Our question of the day, what are your top BYU sports moments or stories from 2023? Our elite voice of the day, presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated, from at jfloyd314, who says, the BYU women's soccer comeback on the same night as the NC State men's basketball game was pretty unbelievable. Great night to be a Cougar. Yeah, that was uh, BYU taking on uh, the Tar Heel State there. It was almost an epic weekend with BYU leading 24-6 at halftime in Stillwater. <laughs> <sighs> almost. Almost! Almost, Adam. Oh, They had us after the first. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mount America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Ali Khalifa, 17. Uh, his assist to turnover ratio is 17.0, which is like plus 12 on anybody else. It's insane! It's crazy. Insane! Our thanks to today's guest, TJ Woods and Amber Whiting. Sorry to Dennis, we're out of time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Josh Burgess. See you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation Countdown. Complete pregame basketball coverage of BYU hosting Wyoming at 5 Eastern on BYU TV. Go Cougs!